Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 46th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me to my left, I have Alan. Hey, hey, glad I'm not on your right, because left's where it's at. Right. I'll be your left hand any day. No, left. Bullshit. (laughs) Both. There. Somewhat. We also have Sean here with us today. Hello. Good to be here. Glad to be here. He's on my left hand. Yes, I that sure we'll go with that. This is uh, the first time so we, much easier to record in person. <laughs> it is a lot easier to record in person, as we learned. I did a lot of cutting and editing. Here we are. We're back in our normal spots over three different states: Ohio, Wisconsin, Texas. Using the internet to record. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good, fantastic. Kind of like getting back up and running after Gen Con. Gen Con took it out of me, and I think Alan, a lot this year because we yeah. both caught Con Crud. Um, yep. I still so, have it, actually. It still hasn't gone away. I, I have was... you rested or taken medicine? You know I don't take medicine, Sean, but yes, I've rested. I feel <laughs> fine. I feel great. I just have this magical ability that at any moment in time, I can summon phlegm from within my lungs. Wait a second. There you, you, go. Don't, you don't take medicine? You're against... All forms of medication. It's what Alan has in common with the Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) I'm a better Jehovah's Witness than most Jehovah's, as I hear they like to be called. So, no, I'm not against medicine. I just don't take it. Right? (laughs) I feel like there's something there, but... I mean, there's a reason why and things like that. It's nothing religious or spiritual. It's just... Let me tell you, I've been sick lots of times. I've never taken medicine. Always got better. All right, all right. So, yeah, <laughs> are you guys still adjusting from Gen Con besides being sick, besides being tired? Are you guys back in the groove of things now that Gen Con is over? It's been a little, little more than a week. We released four episodes in that time, but here we are again recording normally. The workload is heavy uh, after Gen Con because uh, I took a lot of meetings and we've got World Championship Russian Roulette to get out the door. And the second print run of Terms of the Boom, we're still trying to get into stock, that kind of thing. I'm back in the groove in terms of doing that work, but there is just a, a massive amount of work to be done. And that's probably the hardest part about cons for me is, except for this last Gen Con where I took a bunch of meetings, usually it's a week of not getting work done that I need to be getting done. It's one of these uphill battles, and you're a runner, aren't you, SBJ? Don't you run? Uh, I Not recently, no, but I have I have done the run before. You know, when Mm. you run up a hill, though, it's like, oh, damn it. And it's really hard. You're familiar with this metaphor. And then once you get to the top of the hill, you're thinking, I just have to make it to the top of the hill. But when you get to the top of the hill, that's actually the hardest part because your body can't readjust to running on a level field. It's just exhausting. But I'm getting there. Getting there, getting there. What about you, SBJ? I'm doing all right. uh, I'm doing okay. You know, just doing the podcast thing. Actually, like this whole week. Uh, I've really just been doing stuff for your guys' site, uh, which is, it's, it's nice because, you know, I didn't really have anything on my plate. There was a lot going, leading up to Gen Con that I was trying to get done and get out the door. And now it's just me sitting on the couch, working on the site with TV in the background. And that's kind of been like relaxing. And, uh, I still, I feel like I'm doing something. I just like hate sitting on the couch and not doing something. I, I can't just watch TV. I have to like watch TV and you know, surf the internet or watch TV and like play my DS or something like to be working on the site is like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm just not wasting time. So 
Good. But yeah, yeah, everything's everything's good with me. Uh, everything's still good. We're still playing. I was able to fit in one or two games because this is a podcast Ooh. about board games, tabletop games, games you can play on or Shut underneath no your way. table. Shocker, I know. Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. I definitely know. But uh, yeah, let's we for this episode it's really just we're gonna kind of recap gen con a little more a little more deeply here because we all did different things we were all not together at points but we were together uh every day actually which was surprising um given you know how our relationship has grown for the last couple of years here and then we're gonna go through our table was it talk. your best gen con ever because of that sbj uh, maybe i'll leave <laughs> that for later but uh yeah and then we'll wrap up the show with Table Talk. It looks like we all played at least one game recently, so that'll that'll be that. So uh, let's just dive into things. 2016 Gen Con. We're all done here. There was moments. There was stuff that happened. Uh, we recorded. Let's let's start with the podcast stuff. We recorded a podcast three of the four nights of Gen Con. How did you guys think that stuff went? I actually listened to the live podcast today. So the one we did in front of an audience. Correct. I yeah, listened so, to it, and it was it was good. It has that live sound, the like echoing walls and that sort of stuff, but not like poor sound. Just like you could tell that we're there with an audience, and the audience interaction's cool, and you can, you know, hear people, which is great as well. Um, I think it was. I don't know if it was obvious, but it felt like because I've listened to people on panels before, but it had that sort of natural give and take. It was great hearing the audience be engaged and involved. So that was kind of cool. I loved it. You loved everything, all of it. Yeah, for I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you've probably listened to the live shows. But we ended up doing, you know, three nightly shows, which had different guests, and then we did our live po- live podcast in front of a room of people, which was super great. Which, but how did you guys like sitting in a table, like podcasting with six, seven other people? I think the thing that blew Sean and I away immediately was the obvious intensity that you have for podcasting because your your equipment was just amazing amazing so anyone who showed up i think had that same response they pretty much just thought in their heads or out loud wow these guys don't fuck around this is a pretty quality stuff right here so props to you sbj because your setup put everyone at ease made it very professional and I have to say, sounded better than it does when we record over Skype. I thought it was fantastic. All the guests were great. Yeah, they were all great. We had, uh, who do we all have on, Alan? Yeah, Isaac Vega. Then we had Steve Avery. Uh, Steven is a wacky guy, made ta-da. Obviously, Isaac Vega. I don't need to tell you their backgrounds. Then the next night, we <clears throat> had Lindsay Road. We had uh, Artist. And who else? Am I forgetting someone else, Sean? Because you were there the second we had night another, as well. Another person from Don was there. Oh, Don Stroud. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not mentioning there. the B team. Yeah, I was mentioning. Sorry, I hate saying special guests because, trust me, one thing I can't wait to share is how much I love the B team and their crew, and just seeing Will in person and Logan. It's just amazing. Just ah ah ah, <laughs> it's amazing. And the the last night. We had Jonathan Coons Miller. We had Stephanie Straw. 
We had Michael Fox and we had Brian Hink, which was awesome. So Brian and I talked for a while after the podcast. He's all those people. Really cool. Really cool. I'm, it's nice. Really yeah. grateful they came out. It's funny because when I, you were giving me props of my podcasting setup and I was telling both of you guys was like, that was the first time I ever set up for that many people in like a live space before. Like I've done, I've done like three or four microphones in the same room and everything that's worked, but I've never done, I think at most we had seven people and in a live environment, those were all like brand new mics. And I was telling you guys, like I, I tested this individually. Like I made sure all seven ports worked and all seven mics worked and all like everything recorded. But I've never tried this at once, so I don't know what to expect. But it was good because I recorded more content than just Tuesday night. And uh, everything has sounded great. Everything turned out well. Like The last thing you want to do is spend, you know, 20 hours at a convention tearing down and setting up podcasting equipment and podcasting and then none of it actually being usable, uh, which wasn't the case. So, yeah, I was I was super excited about how everything turned out. But uh, let's let's talk about just your overall feelings you alan have a uh, a traffic light game thing that we can do yeah it's a silly exercise we do this for feedback in the education world you give it to students and you say hey let me know red light yellow light green light red light is something that we've been doing that we should never do again like don't do anything like that again yellow light is something that we do but we should change it like you need to modify this a little bit and green light is something that you sh you've done, but you should always do keep doing that. So that's the difference between red light, yellow light, green light. I thought let's apply it to our Gen Con experience. I've heard this also in the business world described as start doing, stop doing, keep doing, or it's like, all right, we need to start doing this. We haven't done this. Or like you got to stop doing that. Stop being late or whatever. And this has been good. Keep doing this. So I've seen this in, in multiple forums. For instance, pretty I just, I just learned I shouldn't do dips while we're doing the podcast because I'm out of breath when I step up to the mic. So I was really out of breath when I was explaining traffic lights. Like, all right, no more dips. Uh, do you guys want to start with some green life stuff then start on a, on a high note here? Sure. Yeah, that one's really easy. There's a lot of green lights, in my opinion, from this last Gen Con because I loved it. Loved it so much. But the biggest one for me definitely is doing the live podcast. That was super amazing uh, for so many reasons, including getting to play thingy with a whole bunch of people afterwards. So, yeah, I think in short, also another green light for me is just stealing all of SBJ's crew because you have really cultivated a great group of people there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it got uh, it was funny because last year you made fun of me of how big my crew was. And then this year it was bigger. It's a good sign of, you know, your personality and your friendship that like so many really great people sort of hang around you. Yeah, I have to actually, you know, give props to my crew, too, because um, it was it was their first Gen Con. Some of them it was their first Gen Con. Some of them it was their second Gen Con. And then there's a few people that I've been going to Gen Con with ever since the beginning. and. I think when people first go to a Gen Con or a bigger convention, it doesn't have to actually be Gen Con, they get overwhelmed and they're not sure what to do or what they can do. So they just kind of, you know, follow you around. And there's nothing wrong with that. As obviously you're going to a convention to hang out with your friends. It's already hard enough to wade through the convention hall with, with like three or four people, more or less, like try to wave through it with like a group of your friends. And I want to give props because 
even for the people that was the, their first time there or their second time there, they, like there was a good understanding in my group of, hey, we're going to go see this because we're interested or like, hey, we understand now Gen Con works. Let's just meet up in like an hour or like, hey, I want to eat or I want to do this or I want to do that. And everyone felt like, okay, we got this this year. So let's all do our things. And it was a lot less sitting like it was a lot less just sitting there and just waiting for something to happen like oh let's just kind of wait around everyone's experienced this yeah this is totally the amusement park thing you go with a whole group of friends and you waste so much time talking with your friends about what you're going to do next and the best thing is basically for people just to outright say i'm going to do this tag along if you want or i'm going to do this and you can't tag along so from what i'm reading what you're saying is there was just this intuitive understanding of how we all have our own agendas and some are together and some are apart. And there wasn't much time spent negotiating when and where everyone should be. Yeah, there was uh, the, the best instance is when you and I, Alan, went to play Captain Sonar with Paul and Quinns from Shut Up and Sit Down. And that was on Wednesday night. Do we did we? Well, we I think we mentioned this during the live show that we played Captain Sonar with them. We did. Yeah. And it got best game of gen con by shut up and sit down and we were a part of that svj <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really cool it was cool to hear um but yeah that kind of that that night is when we all kind of all all me and my friends met met up and i got the call from you and you were like okay like can you guys do this and i looked at irene and i was like do you want to play like do you want to go play captain sonar with quinn's and paul and she was like, yeah, absolutely, because she loves shut up and sit down as much as I do. And we were all like, this was before we were walking to dinner at the time and everyone was kind of hungry. And there was like this 30 minute debate of like, where should we all go to eat? Because there's eight of us and or maybe nine or 10 of us. And that's when I like got off the phone with you. I looked at my group and I was like, uh, sorry, guys, I just have an opportunity to play some games with some people from Tuesday night and shut up and sit down. I'm going to go do that now. You guys go and enjoy dinner and like have a great time and we'll catch up later. And I was really worried that there would be this whole like, well, why are you just leaving us? Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, but they were, everyone just was like, okay, cool. Like, have a good time. And they went out and had dinner and they had a great time. And we, Alan and Sean, uh, Alan and I had a great time. And I think that set the, the tone really well, because that was something I was actually worried about of like, hey, I'm not your parents. You're, you're adults. Just go do something. Well, hats off to you because you handled that situation correctly. I handled it incorrectly because I didn't say that to Sean and some of our volunteers. Instead, I made the mistake of saying, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure. And they said, well, come out to you, eat pizza with us. And I said, yeah, I'll be there. I'm on my way. And then right as I was about to walk into the pizza parlor, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But when I was only minutes away from the pizza parlor, I got the message from shut up and sit down. And I basically just called Sean and said, sorry, not coming. And just left him hanging and said, you can come if you want to. But they had already initiated the whole pizza plan. So again, Sean, sorry about that. I just learned very learnable lesson. No problem. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah, I, I think that this was definitely easily the best gen con i've been to and i was actually talking with some of my friends about it and i remember last year's gen con where i i remember at points where i was just sitting on a couch like doing street passes on my 3ds just kind of waiting for somebody to get done with an event or waiting for a next event to start or just taking a break and this year 
I don't remember any downtime. There was like one point where everyone met in my hotel room because uh, my room was the closest to the venue. And so everyone wanted to drop stuff off. And I think it was before, it was either before a panel or something, but we were all going to it and everyone kind of just sat there and I was like, all right, we need to get up and we need to leave because if everyone gets too comfortable, we're just going to be here for 30 or 45 minutes. Like, yes, we need to decide what to eat. Oh, it was, we, we were all trying to figure out what to eat. I was like, yes, we need to decide what to eat, but it takes at least 10 minutes to walk to the food trucks. And so we can decide that on the way. Like, I don't want everyone to just be sitting in this room for like 34, 45, 35, 45 minutes, just debating what we need to eat. Like, we'll just go there. There's enough food trucks. We'll make the decision. We'll go. So, yeah, I was I was a little assertive there. But at the same time, like, I guess I was just trying to prevent like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, what do you want to eat? <laughs> like that back and forth that doesn't really make any progress. Hate it. Hate it. What about your guys's? What about your guys' booth? I stopped by uh, every now and then, just walking the vendor hall. Sometimes you guys were there. Sometimes you guys were not. I heard a lot from people that you guys had all these meetings. Did everything go okay, though? Meetings. You guys handled the booth a little bit differently this year where you left other people in charge. How was that? Was that... It was nerve-wracking at first because I've never done that. If Origins was the first time, I pretty much walked away from the booth. And is that a yellow I, light thing for you or now a green light thing for you after all is said and done? Uh, I don't know. I, a good mix because I think I spent too much time at our events and I should trust people to handle the events. There's a lot of things I would do differently about handling our booth. So there's a lot of yellow light there. The yellow light for the booth for me is... Um, I should say the red light is never again are we going to go to a convention with just one product to sell. I think that's a big one because at Origins, we had Duel that we were giving away for free and also selling. And it went over really well. And unfortunately, our next shipment of Duel showed up late. And I'll take the blame for that because I should have rushed the order. I should have read the fine print to see that it was an estimated time of delivery, not an absolute time of delivery but never again going with just one product. So uh, that would be the, the, the red light for me. Did you guys also have two rooms at Origins? We did. We had a limited supply of two rooms at Origins, yeah. Okay. So when's, your next con is Board Game Geek Con, is that it? Or is it XX? No, our next X- con is XOXO Fest in September, yeah. Okay, so are you guys planning? And then Essen, and then Board Game Geek. So we have a lot <laughs> between now and then. Yeah. Are you yeah, guys planning and I still Duel might go to DragonCon. Okay. And do you in two rooms is still on its way. Well, you guys had two rooms at Gen Con. Uh I don't know if you guys sold out or not. It looked like you guys did near near Sunday, but are you guys going to have then copies at XOXO and Board Game Geek? Usually we'll and- have like 20, 30 copies at XOXO. It's just a really small show. So it's it's there for convenience for people. And then usually we sell the leftovers to um, our friend Scout, who works at Guardian Games, which is this great board game store in Portland uh, that you should Portland. check out if you're over there. So it's not like a selling show for us. It's just like, hey, we've got some product if you're here and you want to bring it home, you know, snag it from us while we're running uh, events and demos and that kind of thing. So what about what about the meetings? Did you guys take that's a green light thing for me for sure i've always sort of avoided meetings um because you usually get bombarded right before gen con with like just a bunch of people saying like hey we should meet up we should meet up and before i don't think it was very feasible for us to step away certainly not last year it was when terms of the moon was just starting and before that nobody wanted to meet with us but from now on um to help sort of mitigate the amount of work i'm not getting done because i'm at gen con uh taking meetings with 
you know, people we could work with, marketing opportunities, manufacturing opportunities, like shipping, distribution, all the all these people are there. Um, it was a lot better for us, I think, that uh, we got to meet with these people and sort of make that face-to-face connection, realign sort of our priorities. And it's good, I think, Al and I would both agree that, like, it helps remind you as a company, like, what we're doing, what's on our plate, where we need to go, that kind of thing. Um, so Greenlight for me is taking more meetings at Gen Con for sure, even though it's like one of the most boring things in the world. You could say like, I'm glad I took so many meetings at Gen Con. <laughs> that was a change for me. This is the first con where I took the meetings with Sean. Uh, for the most part, I, I went to some previously, but I try to make most of them this time. And manufacturers, that was pretty cool. I, I always enjoyed meeting manufacturers Meeting distributors, it's no offense to them, but it's just my place in the company. Shoot me in the face. I want to die. I'm struggling to stay awake. At one point, I had, to, I had to say, hey, I got a thing I have to do. And that thing I had to do was not fall asleep in front of a possible distributor. So that, more power to you, Sean. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's a, end of the... I think that's a really good dynamic you guys have never really talked about where, I mean, to bring it down just to the very basics. Alan, you make the games, and then Sean, you make the games happen. I like yeah, that. I tend to yeah work more on the business side, and Alan definitely works on the design There's definitely side. a lot of Venn diagram crossovers, because Sean made Duel, and he definitely made Two Rooms and a Boom with me. So there's definitely some double dipping. But yeah, there's clear lines of responsibility that we're etching out for one another. Which is actually, I think, one of the more useful things you can learn in a partnership is like, uh, people need their own domains to thrive in. And in the beginning, I thought it would be fun for us to do everything together all the time. What I think we're learning long term is that like people need an area where they can, you know, like I said, like thrive and succeed and, and really have their own agency and control. You know, I really try not to bother Alan about a lot of design decisions um, unless it seems like he wants feedback or we're in sort of like a period of brainstorming. Because, you know, I want him to feel like that's his playground where he can really just go wild and not really worry about answering to anybody about that. Because it is hard. Like being in a partnership is kind of like being the boss of your own company and also having another person be your boss at the same time, which in some ways is like the worst of both worlds. It's like the most accountability and also somebody else is your boss. And so I think having that like sort of division of labor has been really helpful for us. I definitely started the company with Sean with the idea that I needed a partner because a lot of people knew I wanted to make a board game company. And I actually asked one of my close friends, Matt Snagras, if he would do it with me. And the question usually is, why don't you just do it on your own? The one answer to that is that I was too busy trying to become a professor. But the other main answer is there's some aspects of business that I just would rather have my nails pulled out from my fingers and toes. And Sean's doing that for me. And Sean has definitely learned. He said, man, you would hate what I'm doing right now. And I love him all the more for it. Yeah, I think you guys have a pretty awesome dynamic. And it's easy for me to relate to that because as as a front end coder, I can't do that without a back encoder and the what they do in their line is stuff that I understand what they're doing and I understand what they need to do and at the same time I would never want to do that and uh, my friend Alex who I do the coding stuff with he always looks at me and goes I don't get how you do that kind of design so it's like this back and forth of like let me do this part you do that part now it works and now it comes together 
that's that's really cool. Uh, I just want to run down my three things real quick before I forget. Uh, green, Please, yeah. Greenlight uh, is absolutely keep doing live podcasts, both the live podcast in front of the audience, and I think the nightly shows are really great. Yeah. I think Yellow Night, uh, Yellow Night, Yellow Light would be to maybe not do three nights of podcasts, but maybe bring that down to two nights. Maybe surrounding it like a Friday, Thursday, Friday, and then just leave Saturday for the live is what you're thinking. Yeah, just because uh, what I realized is uh, while I was podcast, because we were we were in that that room the second and third night, which was really great. I can't believe we found that room and that was that was awesome, but. I felt left out when my friends were playing like Secret Hitler and Sushi Go Party and stuff. And I was like, oh, like by the time we finish, everyone's kind of exhausted. And like, I'm usually like, I can usually go till two, three, four a.m. And they're they're kind of ready for bed. So I don't want to miss those opportunities. And since I'm already in like a podcasting mode instead of doing like I would be willing to do like, hey, let's do let's do an hour and a half instead of 45 minutes and let's just rotate people in at that mid mark. And that way we're still getting a lot of content, but we're also saving a whole night for us in the future. Makes sense. I'll follow your lead on that. You're the, you're the magical podcast man. <laughs> because I, I don't know when that's, I, I'm going to ask you guys, like, did you feel like after we were finished, you could have just kept going, kept going, like kept hanging out, kept playing games, kept podcasting, like you kept just podcasting. Mean, like, Cause you were like, kind of like, kept, like kept podcasting. Cause at least for me, I was kind of like in the groove when we wrapped up. Well, the scary thing was definitely trying to find time to play games to talk about. But if I could supplement that with different guests that we would rotate in, if I could say, Hey, you guys show up at 11 and you guys show up at midnight or whatever the time is, then that could keep it fresh. Definitely for me. And maybe I could do my homework and spread out the gaming that I've done or just be honest and say, like, I didn't play anything. <laughs> you should get used to that and just be comfortable with that. That's got to be a big yellow light for me is this is the first time I got to play some games at a show. And I definitely want to do more of it. And I also want to come more prepared, perhaps with like an annual Gen Con only role playing game where it's like one night every year. Anyone who could show up can show up. It's an ongoing campaign and it only takes place. Like, all right, it's been a year since you all got together. This is what's going on. You know, that kind of thing. I think it would be really fun to run. I think every night is just way too much of a commitment for people. Um, if you're not like at Gen Con just to play role playing games. But I think like saying, yeah, like come play D&D with us for three hours, Wednesday night or Thursday night or something like that um, would be a lot of fun. And I feel like just preparing for that before Gen Con, like this is something I'm going to play um, would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, I ended up doing a D&D game, a campaign that went probably four hours throughout the the weekend. I think we did hour the first night and then three hours the second, uh, about two and two. And yeah, that was something that was committed to before we even got there. So that was a really, really great experience. My uh, only red light would be to not leave Gen Con on Sunday night and to instead leave Gen Con on Monday morning. And I think it ju it just comes down to two reasons. One is because I'm pretty exhausted Sunday and that drive is even more exhausting. And two is because when I two is when I was leaving, there were still people staying until Monday. And I was just thinking like the convention ends at four. We just ate dinner at six o'clock. Like we could be playing games for the rest of the night together and then sleep in and then drive back on Monday. Why would I not do that? 
So that's kind of my commitment to next year is to instead leave on Monday instead of Monday night or leave on Monday instead of staying Sunday night. I said that wrong again. That's okay. I've done that before. And if you can afford to do it with like time and money and all that stuff, cause the extra hotel and everything, it definitely makes for a much easier transition back into real life. And Sunday night's a great day for night for playing games because most people are leaving. There's not that like push pull of like, who do I see? You know, every, almost everybody's gone and you can kind of say like, Oh, you, you actually picked up, um, what was it? Not skyfall, seafall. Like, Oh, we can play that tonight. I guess, you know, um, I think for us, it's never been a possibility because Alan's usually got work on Monday morning and, um, you know, it's another night of hotel rooms and stuff. But yeah, if you can make that work, it's definitely a nice luxury for sure. Something something that I look forward to next year. Uh, do you guys have any other lights before we move on? I'm bummed I missed the Nerd Nighter party on Thursday night. Should have should have spent more time there. So every Thursday night, I'm going to go to the Nerd Nighter party for sure. Who, who's that put on by? The Nerd Nighters. It's a gaming group in Dallas. They also have a YouTube channel and whatnot run by our friends Ace and JR Honeycutt. And that's actually Stephanie Straw guests on there a whole bunch. They get a whole bunch of board game insiders in there as well. Oh, okay. So, I was going to I was going to ask, why is there no Tuesday night party at Gen Con? I felt like everyone was ditching our show because they were going to these parties. Well, you know what? This is our first time doing it, and you have to garner an entire following. So the party is going to be the podcast, and that's going to be a very select few. So people are going to be begging to be guests in our podcast. So that's going to be it. Uh, unless we really want to do a party, then we have to talk <laughs> details later. I really do like the idea of leading up to the Saturday night podcast being like a big thing, where Saturday night we're going to have, you know, something special or giveaways or. Sneezing. Um, sneezing might be there. You never know. Uh, uh, that kind of thing. To making the Saturday like live podcast like this big event, this big party. Seeing, seeing Alan like host thingy afterwards was like really cool and people were super into it. And I think you gave away some stuff. So yeah, that was, that was very cool to see after, after the podcast ended. Yeah. I made some serious changes to thingy after that playthrough too. I can't wait to play it again. Woo! Cool. Woo! Speaking of playing stuff, let's move into Hello? table talk. That might have been one of my best transitions there. It's time for a table talk. Alan, you got a list <laughs> of stuff you've played. John has a couple. I only played one, so let me just get that off my chest. Uh, I played Exposed, which was one of my uh, favorite games from Gen Con. Yay! I played two-player. I played with Irene. She didn't get to play when I originally played it at Gen Con, and... Uh, Two-player, not not so fun. Uh, I still oh, love, no. I still love the game. Uh, I I think I played with four people before, and I think it, I'm pretty sure it goes up to six. Uh, two-player is just a little stale, and I guess that's why I'm always worried about playing two-player games is because the the balance can be a lot harder than like a four or five person game. And I know there are like two player specific games like uh, Agricola, Big and Little, or that camel game that I can't remember. Camel up? No, Japur. Oh, Japur. Yes, yeah, the camel game. So Irene and I don't play a lot of just just the two of us. It's usually four or five people, and so uh, I still love Exposed. I just don't think it works that well as two. So it's just a game that's going to wait until there's more people over. 
I played it with three players. I enjoyed it, but it was really quick. I'm looking forward to playing it again, and hopefully it'll be a longer game because I dominated. Dominated. Yeah. It's a cool game. I like it a lot. Uh, what did you play, Sean? I continue to play Go in my long-term quest to make it from a low-level Q player to a intermediate, higher-level Don player. Uh, and that's about it. I did a lot of D&D prep this week. My group has been way off of D&D this summer. Um, just like people are moving and people are like wanting to go swimming and, and, uh, it's not like the, a great atmosphere for playing D&D, but, uh, I bought the player's handbook for fifth edition, uh, while I was in Ohio with Alan. Um, and I've started making up a new campaign. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun. And while D&D prep certainly isn't playing a game, if you're the game master, it's as close to the game as you're going to get. Uh, running the game is, of course, fun, but the sort of mini solitaire game of like designing the dungeons and things like that uh, is pretty rewarding and fun. What about you, Alan? What's on your list? What can we make? You're, we're making you elevator pitch something, so. Oh, damn it. All right. Uh, I just want to piggyback on Sean's because I've been working on a podcast specific role playing game, and I kind of brainstormed it in my mind when we were on our way home from Gen Con. Hash some details out since then. I'm excited to give that a try because it means as blasphemous as it sounds, you don't need dice. You just need your voice and you could do it over Skype or whatever. But the games I played, Scrutinize, Don't Mess with Cthulhu, Exposed, already mentioned, Coup Rebellion GS4, played for the first time, Irrational Game, Don't Be a Loser, Assassin Con, and I did get to play Rick and Morty Total Rickall. But before you guys jump into any one of those that sound tantalizing to you, let me ask you if you want to do an actual game of irrational game, because it's a game that can be played on the podcast. We can play it right now. Let's do that then. All right. <laughs> that didn't sound genuine yeah. at all. I'm sorry. I was trying to do that then. Let's do that Let's then. Do that. It is time for the Tuesday Night Podcast Plays. So the game Irrational Game, I guess I could do an elevator pitch. Now, let's just let me just explain how the game's played. I love it. I'm going to do it with my social psychology class I'm teaching this fall. At the beginning of every class, I'm going to pull out this Irrational Game and just pull out one of these cards because it's full of these huge tarot size plus size cards that have actual experiments written on them. And the results on the back. And it asks you in a multiple choice question. And so you take turns making guesses as to what you think the answer is. And if you get seven, seven cards, you win. Or if you get just five cards of different categories. Because there's different categories of experiments. Like here's a category of time. Emotions. Policy. Social norms, self-control, rewards, and even a category on environments. So these psychological experiments on each of these things, and if you can get it correct, uh, you get to keep the card. So um, how about we just try one right now? You guys, let's do one that's, I think you'll appreciate this one, SBJ. This one is in the time category, and it's entitled Out of Time. Are you ready for the question, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. <laughs> SBJ's answering, right? Uh, both of you can chime in. You'll see. It's super simple. Okay. Researchers randomly asked participants to do one of the following tasks. 
either one, spend time on a mindless task. And one of the examples was counting the letter E in a Latin textbook. Two, spend time on themselves. Go out and do something special for yourself. Three, spend time on another person. Uh, some examples were writing to a sick child that was in a cancer care hospital. Or in the fourth experimental group, you get free time, finding out that the task had already been completed for them so they can do whatever they want. You just have to share with the researchers what you did in your free time. Then the students, the participants, rated their general perceptions of how much time they had now and in the future. So the question is this, gents. Which activity led participants to feel that they had more time? Group one, which was wasting time. Group two, spending time on themselves. Group three, spending time on someone else. Or group four, getting windfall of free time. So which activity led participants to feel that they had more time? What are your guesses or answers, gents? My guess is the one where they spend time on other people. That would be option three. SBJ, do you think the same? I know what my personal answer would be, but I think the participants probably answered number four. Getting a windfall of free time. Well, the correct answer is three, spending time on someone else. So the takeaway from this, and this is the cool thing, they actually have these written takeaway conclusions about the research on the back of these cards along with the answers. When we feel the pressure of a time constraint, we tend to focus on our tasks and say no to requests from other people. However, the results from this experiment suggest that spending time on others rather than on ourselves can make us feel more productive and capable of getting more done in less amount of time. So the cool thing is if we were to play this game, that specific card had a lightning bolt icon on it. So if you got it correct, you would also get an action card and action cards allow you to skip a card or steal someone else's card of a specific category, that sort of thing. So it is a bit gamified. It's not just a multiple choice test. But the wonderful thing about this is all these different experiments. I got the stack is huge. I, I don't know the number, but it definitely looks almost 200, maybe more than 200 cards here. So really good time. So that is the irrational game. All right. Yeah, it kind of seems like I uh, definitely feel like uh, I have a lot of time left now after doing that game. <laughs> it sounds like nice, something you just pull out while, you, while like a group of people are just waiting around for something. Yeah, there's some really good ones there. I'm not sure if I chose the best one. Uh, there's one that talks about the Scared Straight program. In the, You guys know about Scared Straight, that program? Mm -hmm. Is yeah. it like D.A.R.E.? No, kind of. <laughs> they take kids into the prison system. They take juveniles that have been breaking some laws, and they take them to the prison system, and they have prisoners say, Look, man, you want to... You want to have horrible things happen to you? You come to prison because I had to kill you guys. Real? This is real. You're scared. Yeah. And they so did they that just whole get SNL it. sketch on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they also compared it to similar programs, which is where they take students to prisons. And instead of them being scared by the prisoners, the prisoners just have a genuine, realistic sit down like, hey, this is who I am. And this is my life. And this is how I ended up here. Not necessarily scaring them with fear of what happens when you get into prison. And, uh, you know, plot spoiler, the results are that Scared Straight does not work at all. Not at all. But the other programs where it's just prisoners talking normal does. So just interesting things like that that you kind of remember potentially for the rest of your life. Well, I think that's our show then. We're going to scare you straight into uh, wrapping this up.
You listen to our show or you die. Oh, we have some prizes now. We we have uh, inventory, so we can start giving stuff away again, SPJ. Oh, cool. What do you do? You want to give something away now, or do you want to like tease it for next week? I don't know. What should they do to get a free prize? We have copies of Duel to give away. We have. So, we tweeted two days ago that we were the number sixteenth most downloaded other Whoa. games. I don't know why it's called other games. That that's just where all the board games live in iTunes under other games because they're not video games, I guess. Uh, we were number sixteenth most downloaded uh, in iTunes, which is super awesome. So to piggyback off that and to keep that momentum going, what are we going to give away? Uh, copy of Duel. Sure. Let's do give a copy. You know, we can. How about we'll contact the person and they can they can tell us which one they want. So yeah. between dual and two rooms in a boom, because what if they already own two rooms in a boom? Maybe they want a copy of dual. That yeah. would make sense. So all you have to do to enter is go over to iTunes and leave us a review in iTunes uh, about how you like the podcast. And that would help us out a lot because the reviews in iTunes help push the show farther up in iTunes and makes it easier for other people to find it and for search results to pick it up faster and stuff like that. So we will pick a you want to pick a winner by next time we record that sounds great to me all right so yeah all you gotta do is leave us a review in itunes even if you don't use itunes just download it open it leave a review and then throw itunes in the trash because you're done with it you only have to leave us one review and if you've what if they've already left us a review or are they now missing out on getting a prize uh they would be missing out this time but we're gonna have other ways for people to win in the future so this week is going to be for new people. For new people. Yeah, we did iTunes. We did two iTunes giveaways in the past. So at one point, they entered something and then lost. So there you go. We'll, Got have, it. we'll have different ways for them to enter in the future. This week will be the iTunes way, though. All right. That sounds awesome. 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 Alan, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Overwatch. Yeah, I'm still playing that game. I'm on the Facebook. My name's Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. I'm also on the tweets, at Alan Gerding. Sean? You can find me on Twitter at, at Sean McCoy. That's S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. You can follow Tuesday Night Games on Twitter, at PlayTKG. You can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Dragging a Lake. If you have any emails, questions, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. And, yeah. Otherwise, this episode is finished. <laughs>